This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve, and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency, and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here, and great to have you along. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. If you're brand new to the show, if this is the first one you've listened to, welcome. Really appreciate you uh, having a listen to this podcast. Of course, Kiwi Motorcycling Goodness, free and on demand on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on now. Hey, before we dive into this podcast full of awesomeness and Kiwi Motorcycling Goodness, i tell you what, later on we're going to be catching up with a real Kiwi rider by the name of Mandy. Uh, two events I wanted to talk to you about that are happening regardless of the COVID situation. The first one is the Kiwi Rider 350, the KR350. It's happening starting the 19th of March. It's going to be kicking off from the old forestry HQ in the Riverhead Forest just north of Auckland. It's a 350km navigational adventure rally with some forest gravel roads to complement the public access gravel and sealed roads in the region. There will be challenge sections available for those with knobby tyres and if you want to know more about this hit up kiwirider.co.nz or search on Facebook for the KR350. Directions are going to be supplied on old school route sheets. Now if you don't know what old school route sheets are this can be a whole lot of fun. You can grab yourself a root sheet holder which is essentially a waterproof Sistema plastic click-clack container with two rollers on it and you, uh, you cut up and stick together your root sheets into one big long ribbon, you roll it onto the root sheets and that gives you turn by turn navigation. You can also turn that into a, a GPS route if you really want to run the uh, newfangled technology. If you don't have a root sheet holder you can pick one of these up for $79 from Kiwi Rider. Uh, but I'll tell you what, a whole lot of fun, uh, adds a, a, an entirely new element to a navigational rally. It's not a race. Uh, It doesn't really matter what motorcycle you're on, as long as you can do a little bit of gravel, 350 odd kilometres if you don't take the the challenge sections, you know, the offshoots. Uh, Entry forms are available by going to kiwirider.co.nz or you can just email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz and we'll give you all the information you need to know. Under the current COVID-19 requirements, you'll need to have a vaccine pass. Uh, That'll be checked at sign-in, and we are limited to 100 people on this event. So if you uh, are even slightly remotely interested, you'll need to get in quick. Uh, I'll tell you what, another email address for you if you want to know more, kr350 at kiwirider.co.nz. It was going to be the 2022 GS Rally. Uh, but it is rebranded to the Kiwi Rider 350 and run by the Kiwi Rider team. Entry uh, is $145. This covers your entry, your event t-shirt, 
Uh, morning tea on Saturday, your naviga navigational route sheets and access fees for the land that we're going to be using, and a cold beverage after the ride, as well as a meal on Saturday evening. There will be a sweep vehicle, so if you get into any strife, you'll be uh, picked up and brought back to the HQ. And there's going to be a lucky prize draw with somebody walking away with a brand new set of Midas tyres. A whole lot of fun. KR350, uh, it's the event. It's happening on the 19th of March. More information, email kr350 at kiwirider.co.nz. The other event is for Yamaha riders only, unfortunately. Uh, previously known as the Tenere Tour, but now open to any Yamaha adventure bike. The Yamaha Adventure Ride 2022 uh, is going to be taking in some of the more scenic areas of Wairarapa, kicking off actually in Hawke's Bay up in uh, Napier and making its way down to Martinborough. Uh, there's a whole lot of private land mapped out here as well with access already organised. So it's stuff you wouldn't get to see on your own. If you want to know more about the Yamaha Adventure Ride, go to bentownley.com. It's run by BT himself. 101 Adventures. Uh, it's going to be a whole stack of fun and I'm going to be on that ride. I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait to have you along. It is the last weekend in March, first weekend in April. More information on all of these events as always at MotoNZ.com. Right, let's get into the podcast. Real. 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 Kiwi. Riders. Real. 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 Kiwi Riders. Real Kiwi Riders. And continuing our series of talking to real Kiwi riders, we've got Mandy Carmony on the line. G'day, Mandy. How you doing? Hey, good. Thanks, Ray. Hey, um, I recently put something on social media asking for people to have a chat on the podcast and tell me their stories about what they ride, where they've ridden, and where their journey's taken them so far. You put your hand up. Mandy, what do you ride? Uh, well, I've just just brought home yesterday um, my big girl bike, uh, Ducati Monster 937 CC rating. Fantastic. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Okay, before we dive into the Ducati Monster, what have you been riding up till now and how long have you been riding? I've uh, been riding about two and a half years. Um, it took me 30 years to get there. Um, I first wanted to ride a bike when I was about 14. Um, an old boyfriend tried to teach me how to ride his gigantic dirt bike and uh, that didn't end well when I nearly rode off the rear end of my parents' Hillman Hunter. Um, <laughs> it was just massively, massively too huge. Um, I'm I'm a short girl, um, so um, yeah, it was just, it was the wrong situation, but I have always loved bikes, um, always been drawn to them, um, but life took a, a, a direction that, um, you know, Bikes weren't a priority. Kids, houses, um, marriage, you know, getting married. And um, my husband wasn't interested in bikes. Um, and it was always something I was going to do, going to do, going to do. And um, uh, long story short, um, my husband actually passed away about five and a half years ago. And um, there are things in my life now that are really bittersweet because I do things now that I wouldn't have been able to do if he was still around um, and so it's great to have that opportunity to do those things but at the same time the balance of well I wouldn't be doing them if he was still here so it's it can be a bit of a bit of a, a mind space issue but um, I um, accidentally met um, 
a, a person who um, we then developed a relationship and he's always been into bikes. Um, so it was something that we just talked about doing together. Um, he used to ride and was overseas for a while and then when he came back to New Zealand didn't have the opportunity to transfer his licence over so he had to start from the beginning again. Um, and I jumped on board and uh, found a bike before I even had my licence so I, um, I brought a Suzuki Intruder 250. Oh um, nice way to start your E-Intruders. Yeah, yeah and she was just gorgeous, um, her name was Betty. Um, and she was curvy and delicious and just a really beautiful, fun bike um, to ride. Um, and so then I took myself off to uh, two board bikers to get um, training and did my tests and things. Um, and then all of a sudden I was riding a bike. Um, and that wasn't without its challenges. Um, I think when you're an older woman learning such a... Um, such a skill can be a bit challenging. Um, it definitely was challenging some days um, with anxiety or apprehension. Um, some days I had a great ride and I thought that I was, you know, just the bee's knees. Um, and other days I'd come home and virtually throw my helmet on the floor and have a stamp of my foot and say, I'm never doing this again and a few swear words thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thankfully my partner is pretty much the most patient man in the world. Um, so he supported me all the way through. Um, when I first started riding, um, the motorway wasn't an issue. Um, going fast in a straight line, I had no problems with whatsoever, but it was um, intersections and roundabouts and, and driving around my, my local town um, really you know, threw me for a loop. Um, so it took me took me quite a bit to ride on the street as such. Um, so <laughs> we used to... I'd put my gear on and I'd drive my car um, up to the back of um, out the back of Porirua, um in the shops up there, and he'd ride my bike down and I'd zoom around the zoom around the block um, around the industrial area and you know change gear for the first time. Woo-hoo, you know, um, just all those little milestones that now I do without even thinking. Um, but the process to go through. The confidence building um, of that was um, was really interesting for me as well. I can imagine um, it was quite important for you to find a trainer or a, a couple of trainers that um, that you clicked with and that were supportive enough and and could boost your confidence uh, on the intruder. Yeah, yeah. Um, bull bikers were brilliant. Um, I turned up for my to do my restricted test and. Um, the week before my license plate had fallen off the back of my bike and we'd put it back on but hadn't realised that the warrant sticker had fallen off at the same time. So I turned up for my um, restricted and no warrant so they couldn't couldn't test me. Um, so uh, I, I then got my sticker and, and um, I booked an hour's training before my test because I get very nervous when I'm being watched. Um, oh, I and, know that you know, one. Un- under assessment, under ass- you know, and well, they say it's not a test; it's just an assessment. Um, you know, I had a lot, of, a lot riding on it because I'd worked hard to get to that point. Um, and um, I did a did a, an urban rider course with bull bikers, and then I did a bronze course as well. Um, did my restricted and 
in the hour beforehand um, training session, Ross said to me, you know, I think today's not the day to do your restricted. <laughs> he said, I think you're just, you're a bit too nervous. I think you need to do a bit more practice and, you know, we'll rebook it for another day. So that was that was really good. And they've, they've always been really supportive um, and really encouraging. That's I really that's an interesting conversation you had with Stuart. Uh, sorry, with uh, Ross. I had Stuart. Just sorry to interrupt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in your story, but I had a very similar situation, and that I was on my learners uh, going for my restrict. No, I was on my restricted going for my full, and I booked in with Stuart and Ross two board bikers, and I had Stuart for an hour before the test. Much the same yep. situation. And mm-hmm. I was so nervous that I was forgetting head checks and I yeah. was um, stalling the bike. And um, this is a few years ago now. And Stuart turned around and said, I don't know if we should do this. Let's let's credit you. Let's give you a bit more experience and we'll test you another time. And I said mm-hmm. to Stuart, no, 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 no. I really want to do this. I want to do it. And I passed by the skin of my teeth. But it's interesting <laughs> to hear this. You and I basically got the same story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think from, from their perspective, they want to, from what I've gathered with spending as much time with them as I have, is that, you know, they want to set you up for success. And if, if they feel that you're not going to be successful, you're better to do it another day rather than push through. But, you know, obviously you came through it okay. I don't think I would have. Um, and I think I would have felt a lot worse and my confidence would have taken a dive if I had have actually failed and there's nothing worse than, than than lacking confidence on the road. You've got to be a confident rider, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, interestingly, when I bought my next bike, I bought a um, Honda CMX500, Honda Rebel. Um, I brought that. Um, my partner had one. Um, he used it as his daily commuter. And um, <laughs> I, I'd i been riding around on, on my Suzuki 250, loved it a bit, but... Um, wanted more and um and so I took my partner's rebel for a ride and um uh came off it and I had a huge grin on my face and he he said to me oh shit look I don't think you're ready ready for this and my face just dropped and I went what why he goes because you're gonna lose your license on it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so going like, from the previous bike to this one, it's it's still in that kind of cruiser category, but it's uh, a yep. bit more of a modern bike with a bigger engine, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, she's got a um, modified exhaust as well, so she sounds really throaty, and and um, yeah, I just I love her. Um, so my rebel's name is Tish, which is short for Morticia. I have a thing about naming my vehicles. Um, and so I've been riding my Rebel for um, just over 18 months, I think, um, and love it a bit. Um, put a put a, um, a rack on the back. I've got panniers, um, which just um, basically click on and off. Um, so when I'm commuting for work, I load up the panniers with everything I need and just whip my panniers off and go into work. Um, really great really great um but i've been for quite a while looking for my big girl bike um you know what was going to be that that next um ride up you know that next step up um they we hang out with a lot of bike clubs um my father and my partner are both members of the triumph riders um my partner's now got two triumphs 
Um, and we also spend time with other bike groups around Wellington. Um, and I always felt, I felt cool on, on my rebel. Um, but I knew very much that she wasn't, you know, one of the, the big bikes. Um, and so it, um, you know, has pushed me to, to want my big bike. Um, and so I've been, been searching for a while, probably about six or seven months. I did my full in October um, and again through Bull Bikers, um, done all my courses through them uh, and was it was great. I passed, which was a wonderful feeling. Um, and um, so I was looking at, there were specific things that I needed on my bike that I decided were non-negotiables. As I said, I'm, I'm short, so I'm five foot four, um, but I've got a longer body than and shorter legs. So um, for my confidence, I feel I have to be able to pretty much flat foot on a bike. Um, because I'm older, I've lost a lot of upper body strength, so I didn't want my bike to be too heavy. Um, she had to have ABS um, and as many safety features that I could pack into her from my budget. Um, and it had to be something that I could commute on and go away on. Um, so I can't afford two bikes. I'd love two bikes, but I don't have room and I don't have the budget. So um, was looking, and I've always been a Triumph girl. So there's a few Triumphs that I can fish on, um, but one of them I just, it wasn't the right kind of style for me. Um, the Street Twin, um, great bike, but I didn't like the styling. Um, just didn't speak to me. It was just a very straight bike, not enough curbs. Um, so I looked at the Speedmaster, um, which my partner has, and I've ridden that quite a few times, um, but felt it was not going to be ideal for commuting. Um, and then I looked at the Boba um, and very nearly went ahead with the Boba, um, but spoke to a few other people and they'd said that um, luggage was a bit of an issue. Um, and I also felt that um, being a bit lower down wasn't a great safety feature, um, you know, for visibility by other vehicles. Um, and I happened to be on a ride um, with a bunch of girls and uh, there was a lady on a monster. And I went, oh, oh. So um, started doing some research, um, looked at it quite in depth. Um, and the main reasons I've gone for Monster is uh, I've got a lowered seat. Um, I'm getting the lower suspension kit, um, just waiting for that to land in Wellington so that um, the bike can go back there and get that done. I can ride her flat foot with the... Um, lowered seat so uh, but I just want that suspension kit put in um, just for that extra extra ability really um, extra security um, with being able to um, maneuver her around nice um, and she's got safety features up the wazoo so um, and she looks great so yeah brilliant that's, that's, so that's how I got to got to be on a monster that's so the monster's kind of one out of the box. You uh, you were on a couple of cruises before the monster, and I'd call the monster kind of a naked sport bike, right? Yeah, yeah. But yep, what, totally different to where I thought I was going. 
<laughs> but you saw it and you fell in love, which is the 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 main thing. And I find that um, you're either you're either one of two camps. You see motorcycles as like a uh, a utilitarian get from A to B thing, or mm-hmm. it's an emotive. Um, you know, we talk about falling in love with the bike so often that that that's where the passion comes into it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, it, it's a combination of has to tick the right safety boxes, but also has to look good and feel good. Um, for me, I like sitting in my bike, not on my bike. Um, there's, and I think if you don't ride, you don't get the difference. Um, but for me, it's it's a definite feeling of being on a bike versus in a bike. Yeah, we, we've spoken about that um, with BMWs quite a bit, actually, with the uh, the G310R and the G310GS, and it is a classic BMW thing that the seat is lower than the tank and lower than the tail or pillion seat, so you definitely feel in it and locked into it, mm. as mm. opposed to, for example, my Tenere 700, which just has a big flat plank or a DR650 or anything like that where you are sitting on top of and you know clamping onto the motorcycle i can i can see exactly where you're coming from with that yeah yeah okay so what kind of riding do you do now well i've got a whole world open to me now with um with the monster um i am changing jobs i'm going to be commuting monday to friday um so that's going to be a definite um that's why a commutable bike was a requirement um so we do a lot of day trips. Um, uh, we just did a ride a couple of weeks ago um, over the hill out to Lake Ferry um, and around, um, been up to Palmy. I haven't ventured too far away um, on, you know, not huge rides, um, but a couple of hours one way um, seems to work for me at the moment. Um, so and I'm planning on actually spending a lot of time in the car park Um working out how I make the Ducati do what I want it to do um, because it's such a different riding position. Um, and, and that's not me, a silly thing to do. I mean, uh, people always say, spend some time in the car park, work on your low-speed manoeuvring mm-hmm. and, and like lock-to-lock and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, also practising the emergency braking, um, you know, just to see how she feels. She's got Brembo brakes, so she's going to stop on a dime. And I'd, I'd like to know how that feels before I need it. And that's um, something two wheel bikers are big um, purveyors of is is uh, practicing your braking and know what it feels like to to emergency brake. Don't just wait for the time where you um, you know, you, you have to emergency brake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I've um, I haven't had too many problems with emergency braking when I've needed to or, or when I've practiced. Um, I'm an ex derby girl. So um, coming to a stop on eight wheels um, in the position that you need to put your body in um, to do that in a hurry um, is very similar to hunkering down and dropping your tail um, you know, when you're um, putting, pulling on everything um, in an emergency stop. Outstanding. Well, you, you sound like a very switched on, very um, capable and confident rider to me. And it sounds like you're doing all the right things to uh, to make sure that you um, you keep that monster nice and shiny. <laughs> shiny side up always. Um, but, you know, it hasn't happened overnight. It, it's taken a lot of perseverance and a lot of getting out of my own head at times um, to 
get to the level that I'm at. And what I love about it is I can do something now and I think, oh, you know, that's that's so good. You couldn't have done that two years ago or, you know, eight, eight months ago or, or whatever. And for me, it's been a real thrill to see my skill grow and develop and acknowledge how far I've come. Do you think it's made things more difficult for you being a female in what is essentially a male-dominated, I want to say vocation because it's not really a sport, um, do you think that's more difficult? Um, I don't know. I think it, it probably depends on your own mindset and, and how you'll be perceived. I mean, I'm, I'm not a gear geek at all. Um, you know, I, I don't... I don't even know the two the two or three motorcycles that you've talked about. I can't even picture what they look like in my mind um, because I'm not that that way inclined. Um, you know, you're you're either a gear geek or you're not. Um, so I just want my motorbike to do what I want it to. Um, and I think I think moving into Ducati means that I'm going to have to know it a little bit more because people are going to ask more questions, and I don't want to come across as a chick that knows nothing. Um, so while I've watched, I could probably rattle off half a dozen specs and stats about the bike because I've watched that many YouTube videos. Um, there's going to be things that come up that I don't know about, but at the same time, I don't need to know. You know exactly. That, just ride the bike. Just ride. Um, yeah. Um, it's important to me that I look capable and competent um, which is a huge driver for why I will spend a lot of time in a car park. Um, I don't want to be seen by either males or females as someone with a big bike that can't handle it. Um, so that that's important for me. Um, as far as male dominated, I think there are a few, there are you know obviously less female riders um, than males. Um, but I've, I don't think I've ever, I've never come across any negative feedback or, or commentary um, from guys around um, the fact that I'm a female rider. Um, in, in my world, in my friends group, I'm the only female that rides. Um, and, and I like the feeling of being different and breaking the mould as such, you know, part, everybody's all suburban and doing their thing um and here i am hooning around on a on a motorbike um <laughs> so yeah it's it's a case of standing out but not not being challenging about it or confrontational about it fair enough uh one more question for you um mm -hmm. have you got or what would you say to anyone who was uh, in your position three years ago? Or what would you say to yourself now if you were to speak to yourself three years ago? W have you got any advice? Have you got any words of, of encouragement? What would you say to, you know, a new and up-and-coming rider or someone wh who has aspirations to get off the pillion seat and on the main seat? Um, just do it. You know, it'll challenge you in so many different ways. Um, and I, I, I think I knew I was going to be challenged, but perhaps not as much as I was um, when I first started riding. Um, and just enjoy the journey. It, you know, it's it, it's taxing at times and challenging, but the results are so worth it. Um, 
you know, there's for I think for a lot of women, they might choose to ride because they don't have a lot of control in their life or, you know, um, things can be challenging and, and you get on your bike and your mind is it's just you and your machine and nothing else matters. Um, it's it's worth it. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the tantrums or the foot stamps or the tears or the going over your handlebars and landing in your next door neighbour's front grass like I did at one point, um, it's, it's, just, it's just so worth it. Nothing Mandy, compares. Mandy Carmody, hey, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and we wish you many, many, many more happy miles on that monster uh, around the streets and roads of our fair country. Cheers, Ray. One more thing I do need to let you know before we go, one more event that's happening. This one's an online event, Shiny Side Up Online. Previously, we've had the talk series and the Bike Fest events, but uh, while we aren't able to come together in person, the 2022 Shiny Side Up Online event promises to be the biggest virtual meeting of Kiwi riders ever. Live streaming through Facebook and YouTube, we're going to bring you some of the big names in New Zealand and international motorcycling. Big names such as Sam McCafferty, Chaotic Blonde, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Avalon Biddle, and it's going to be hosted by myself and Jay Reeve from the Rock Radio Station. We're going to have panel discussions, Q&A sessions, demonstrations, mechanics tips, plus your chance to take home your share of over $8,000 in prizes. We've got a no-drag backpack to give away. We've got a hydration backpack to give away. We've got a Cardo intercom, GPS trackers, tyres, clothing, accessories, tyre repair kits, cleaning products, MTA vouchers, up the yin-yang, and with fuel prices just going through the roof, those are even more valuable than we initially thought. Service vouchers, gear vouchers, and a whole lot more yet to be announced. Other prizes include a set of tyres up to the value of 600 bucks. That's a decent set of tyres too. Uh, they could pay for your WAF. They could pay for your registration. MTA $500 gift voucher. And they get your bike serviced as well. So it is Shiny Side Up online. For more information on this, shinysideup.co.nz. Looking forward to catching up with uh, Ride Forever's Dave Kelty and finding out the history of the event and a few more bits and pieces that we don't yet know uh, next week's podcast. But that about wraps up the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on now. Share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. Join in the conversation on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well as TikTok. Just search Kiwi Rider Podcast and we'd uh, we'd welcome you to uh, put your views forward on whatever the topic is at hand at the time. As I said, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Thank you very much for joining me. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and We'll catch you in seven days' time. This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast was brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve, and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, 
Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.